0: sure the title that i wrote loving each other i got it right carissa me named this series like a week ago and when i was writing my message out yesterday i thought shoot i hope that i put the title that, that i had decided on a week ago we're starting a new series called loving each other so if you have your bibles i want you to turn to first john chapter 3 this morning first john chapter 3 and uh to backtrack just for a moment, we don't have the details on his memorial service. As soon as we have that information, we'll give all of that to you. We would love to, to just come together. And it's not a morning. We're going to celebrate his life. Amen. Yeah. Amen. First John chapter three. I'll let you guys turn there. You know, I read this about a month ago, and it just wrecked me. And so I felt really strongly from the Lord to to teach on something that, honestly, I feel like as as Christians today, we we really put in the back seat. We really neglect. It's not something that we talk about. We love talking about faith. We love talking about moving mountains. We love the gifts. We love the Holy Ghost. We love all that stuff. And I want to tell you, I'm not taking away from any of that. But there's something that is so important that I feel like we just kind of shelf and we put in a back seat. And I was reading this text probably a month ago in my own time, and man, the Lord was just racking me, racking me, racking me with it, bringing me to the point of tears. And I felt so strongly from the Lord that we need to teach this in the church. And it may sound like simple stuff, but I'm telling you guys, it's stuff that we we have got to keep in the forefront of our journey, uh, of our journey of life here on this earth. And so this is called loving each other. So today, let me also say this. I'm going to be doing a teaching. So I love preaching. I love getting up here and giving you nice one-liners that you can tweet and the plans and purposes and pursuits of the prevention of, you know, I love doing that kind of stuff. But today, I'm going to teach you something. So that means that I'm going to be giving you information. Can you say amen? So we're going to be talking about some things that maybe you didn't know and, and some Bible facts to give you context. I'm going to lay a foundation for the next couple of weeks. So let's read 1 John 3, 11 through 23. I want to encourage you and we'll pray together. Let the text, as we read this text, let the Holy Spirit speak to you through this text. Amen. Don't have, like, focus your mind. Don't get so even glued on just what I'm saying. As we read this text, just try to catch what he's saying because it's powerful. The word's powerful by itself. 1 John 3, look at verse 11 through 23. So it says, this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Hallelujah. There's so much we can pull from this. We're going to go back through here and break this down. This is the message you've heard from the beginning that we should love one another. We must not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had was doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sister, sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves—say it proves—that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up His life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need and shows that person no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say, look at this, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions." Our actions, say my actions, will show that we belong to the truth. Can you give me a little bit more up on my mic, please? So we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and He knows everything. Let's finish this up. Verse 21, Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with boldness and we will receive from Him whatever we ask because we obey Him and do the things that please Him. Look at this. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he in them. And we know that he lives in us because the spirit that he gave us lives in us. Hallelujah. Y'all pray with me and let's get into this this morning. Father, we thank you for the word. We ask that the Holy Spirit would speak to us this morning. Speak through me, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Let every heart receive the word that you have for us. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Let me give you some context. So this is written in about 89 to 100 A.D. So this is why I I kind of want to preface this, why loving people is so important. So the guy that wrote this was John. John the apostle people call him or John the revelator he's also the person that wrote the book of revelation but it was the it was the apostle John who wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. And to kind of even give you more context here, it, again it was written in 89 to 100 AD. That means that John was literally at the very end of his life. If you look historically, he died between 90 AD and 100 AD. So that means that he was in the final moments of his life and he was writing this letter and so the lord showed me this but i mean can you just imagine john was the last living apostle that was alive on the earth during this time that means that he was the last person whenever he wrote this letter that was alive that had physically seen jesus that physically walked with jesus that didn't just hear about his miracles actually saw his miracles firsthand I actually saw Jesus walking on the water. Saw Him with His eyes. Saw Thomas touch the holes in His hands. He was the last person alive that had experienced that. Can you guys imagine being in the first century church and like being a young pastor? I think I, I'm a young pastor. Today's my birthday, actually. I'm 26 years old today. And so, you don't have to clap for me. I'm just saying. But I imagine... I imagine... Being a young pastor, like in the first century church, can you imagine this, getting up here and you're preaching this text, you have this relationship with the Lord, and in comes walking Apostle John and sits on the back row of your service. I mean, you're like, you know, what do I, this guy actually heard the teachings of Jesus. This guy actually walked with Jesus. You know, I could just imagine sitting there thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, reading something like, oh, I hope that was right. You know, I don't, can you imagine that? He was the last one. And so I think about this younger generation coming to Him. right? And they were like, John, you walked with Jesus. This Jesus that we're serving now and this church that we're building, you were actually there with Him. You saw it with your own eyes. And they come to John as an old man and they say, John, we want you, we want you to give us the good stuff. all right, John, John we, wanna, we want you to sit down and we'll just sit around your feet and we want you to teach us. Right. Teach us the deep revelations. We want you to teach us the things like those hidden treasures, those things that will just, you know, blow our mind. That's what we want you to teach us. And John sits there and he says, what's his message? He says, I say to you the same message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. I can imagine these young people saying, yeah, love one another. Yeah, we got that, John. We heard that message. We understand. But no, we're talking about like the real stuff. Like, let's get to the deep. Let's get to that. Like, you know, that faith, that prosperity. Let's get let's get into something like that. And, and, and we want you to teach us what's the most important thing that you could say to us. And John says, love one another. Amen. Can you imagine that? Think about the weight that that holds. I got that, John, (laughs) but we're the same. We're the same way today. And so that's why the Lord pressed upon me to teach this, to lay this foundation. And that's what I'm going to do today is lay a foundation of what the Bible says about loving people, about our mandate and our command to love one another. We're the same way. I know this for a fact because and I might mention this again, but we could have a conference on spiritual gifts. And you'll see the place packed out. Am I right? Have a conference on the power of God. Have a conference on the Holy Ghost, and you'll see the place packed out on the gifts of the Spirit. Hey, we're going to have a prophetic conference, man. People would come from Timbuktu to go to a prophetic conference. And let me just say this: I'm not taking away from that. That stuff's awesome, and that stuff's important. Even were to have a conference, though, wait, hey guys, we're going to have a conference about loving other people. You'd have five and a half people there. You know, show up. No, I'm good. I'm going to go to the power one, right? I'm going to go to the the mountain moving conference thing over there. But this is the fundamental message of Christianity. Can you say amen? amen? Write this down for point number one this morning. Let's get into some more text. Love is our highest focus. As a Christian, love should be your highest focus. That means that you actually even put love, and I'll prove it to you from the Scripture, is you focus on love even more than you focus on your calling. So, that may sound crazy to you, but think about this. What does God really want? Because we get that way, right? Am I called to preach? Am I called to be a teacher? Am I called to do this? Am I called to business? And we get so wrapped up in all of these things. And and listen to me. Those things are important. But even above all of those things, Even more importantly to God, that you preach and that you do all these other things that you may be called to do, God's highest priority and focus for your life is that you love Him and that you love other people. Are you guys with me? Look at this. Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Look what Jesus said. When the Pharisee heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to to trap him with this question. So they asked this question to him. Teacher, which is the most important? Can you say what's the most important? Say most important important commandment in the law of Moses. And Jesus actually answered this. What's the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus tells us what the most important thing is. He says you must love your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Think about that. So Jesus said, number one, I want you to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. What does that mean? Everything that's within you, He wants you to love Him. Say love him him. guys. Can I tell you, God wants you to serve him, but even greater than that, he wants you to love him because there's actually people that could serve God their whole lives and never love God and never even know him. But if you love him, you'll serve him. God wants us to serve Him, but he wants it to come from a heart of love. You know, God's not a puppet master. God doesn't force. God's not a demon. God doesn't force anybody to do anything. Are you with me? Yeah. You think about like Adam and Eve in the garden. Why did God even allow them to eat the fruit? There's choice. You don't. You can't have love without choice. If if they were just forced to be a certain way, forced to do something. That, they would have never have even been able to have a relationship with God because it would have been robotic. It would have been forced. It, they wouldn't have had any part in it. So God gave them a choice. God wants you to love Him. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Would you guys say that's pretty important? Yes. Right? Absolutely. Look at this. Secondly, is equally important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Isn't it crazy that Jesus, say Jesus, and you know, I kind of hold in Christianity the words of Jesus at a high regard. Amen. I think Jesus, Jesus kind of was a significant figure in Christianity. Would you, would you agree with me? He literally said that it's just as important to love other people as it is to love God. Because, I mean, I'm telling you, I think that all of us have maybe been guilty of that. There's people that genuinely love God, right? They're like, Lord, I would do anything for you, but they don't like other people. I've heard people say it. I love God, but I hate people. I just, man, I just can't stand. I'm telling you, it's just as important, Jesus said, to love other people as it is for you to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Are you with me? So... So the point was love is our highest focus. That's point number one. Jesus said that this was the most important thing. Right? I love that. They came and said, Jesus, what's the most important command? What's the most important thing that you could tell us? Well, guys, you really ought to have faith so that you can speak to mountains and you can command them to move. That's great and wonderful. And that's absolutely true, and I don't want to take away from that, but he said this is the most important thing. What does that mean? It should be the highest focus in our life. Amen. Amen. That means that if I can move mountains with my faith, and I have all these spiritual gifts, but I, I don't love people and really love God, then I'm still missing it. Are you with me? So, look at Matthew 22.40, the same text, verse 40, but I want to read it to you in the Amplified. Why did He say that that's the most important? Why is that the most important thing in the Bible? He says, these two commandments... what two commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as, you, as yourself. Upon these two commandments, they sum up, and upon them depend all the law of the prophets. So what was Jesus basically trying to say? If you read through the Bible, and again I told you guys I'm teaching you something this morning, so don't tune out when you hear information. In the Old Covenant, there's there's 16, I'm sorry, there's 613 laws and commandments. If you read the Old Testament, there were 613 laws and commandments. And so what Jesus was saying was that all of that stuff can actually be fulfilled by you loving God and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Amen. Right, because people can do the religious thing. People can get and they get I'm telling you, I've seen people get into works and they get into this like micromanaging every little, every time they fart, you're like, Oh my gosh, was that the will of God? Was you know? I mean they're just crazy and they have no relationship with God. They have no intimacy with him. And so that's how a lot of Christians live, right? We can write the commands of the Bible, all 613 of them, out on a wall. And every day I'm going to read them all and I'm going to write them on my hand and make sure, you know. Jesus said, You can actually fulfill all of that if you'll do these two things love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And we're going to get to it. But by doing those two things, you fulfill the rest of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. So people get so wrapped up. What has God called me to do, right? What's my business? What's my destiny? What's my purpose? All of that's important, but even higher, God wants you to love Him and wants you to love other people. Amen. So if you'll actually make that the focus of your life right now where you're at, you'll start seeing the other things work out on their own. Are you with me? God opens doors for people He can trust. God will open doors for people that, hey, you know, the Lord actually told me at one point, because I'm a pretty radical person. I've had to learn to kind of like, you know, I'm like, John, not everybody's you. You have to, like, the people don't think like you do. I can be kind of sarcastic. You know, we get around me and Tristan and he's the same way and and we think it's funny, but then the Lord's like, John, when you say certain things to people, you take it this way. They don't take it that way, right? Amen. Where was I going with that, Lord? I can't remember. <laughs> we'll get back to it. Let's read 1 Corinthians 12, 29 through 31. 1 Corinthians 12, 29 through 31. Look at this. So this is under the point, love is our highest focus. Love is our highest focus. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what I was going to say. The Lord actually told me one time. He said, John, I'm not going to bring you my sheep or or my lambs, right? Because there's a difference between sheep and lambs. Lambs are babies if you won't take care of them. So it's like, that's my point. If you, if, you, if you don't know how to properly, because I'm going to tell you, there's a difference. I would talk to my three-year-old different than I would talk to her when she's 14 or 15 or 25 years old. Are you with me? So, I mean, that was correction. The Lord had to actually bring me. And so, that's what I'm telling you. If you'll make that the highest priority, the highest focus in your life, loving God and loving other people as I love myself, the Lord will actually open doors for you. Amen. So look at 1 Corinthians 12, 29-31. Paul said, if you read 1 Corinthians 12, it's the the chapter on the gifts of the Spirit. I love the gifts. You read that, the gifts are a good thing. Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant of the gifts. You read the end of the chapter, he says, actually, you should covet the gifts. You should desire the gifts. And we're going to get to this, and I may overlap some things, but that's okay. But even in the gifts... You can't read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 without reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Are you with me? What's 1 Corinthians chapter 13? It's the love chapter. He talks about love. And whenever Paul wrote this, guys, it wasn't in chapter and verse. It was a letter. It was a continuous letter that they would read in one sitting so it flowed together. That's why you got to be careful you don't just cherry pick things out and isolate things because you may have to read chapter 11, 12, and 13 to understand what he's trying to even say in chapter 12. Are you with me? And so, you know, Paul's talking about the gifts, but even the gifts only work if they come from a heart of love. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that the gifts have been given to each of us. Say, each of us. That means that God has actually placed a gift in you. The Holy Spirit wants to use you in a special way. But He says the gifts have been given to each of us so that we could help one another. Wow. So that means that the gift that God has given for you, it's not to make you rich. It's not to make you famous. It's not to make you, you know, this big person. He literally gave it to you so that you could help another person's life with what He's given to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God doesn't give people the ability to preach so that they can just get a platform and become rich and famous and on TV. No, that's not why. Will God take people to that level? Absolutely, because they have a word that the generation needs to hear. But it all has to come from a place of this is not given just for me. This is actually given for other people. Are you with me? So, even the key to flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life, it has to come from a place of love. Lord, I want faith. I want mountain moving faith. Why? So that you could stand on a platform and everybody be blown away when you can do a miracle? Or do you want mountain moving faith because your heart breaks for people that need a touch from God and they know that if they don't get it from you, they're not going to get it from anybody else. That's the difference. Between self and selflessness. Yes. Love. Say love. love. So he talks about the gifts in chapter 12. And, then, and this is what I'm going to read you. He says, are we all apostles? This is verse 29. Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Can you say, of course not? Of course not. Listen to me. And I may, differ, differ, you know, I may be different. I was trying to say, differ, differentiate. Is that a word? Yes. New Mexico education, guys. I'm sorry. Never send your kids to New Mexico high school. Just playing. I may be different, but one person doesn't have all the gifts. The reason why is if you read in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I don't know how this became a sermon kind of about gifts too, but it did. So let's just roll with it. But if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says that we're one body, but we have many different parts. It says, can the hand say to the foot that I don't need you? No. Can the eyes say to the heart, I don't need you? No. Why? Because without the heart, the eyes don't even work. Are y'all with me can the foot say to the knee I don't need you no because without the knee the foot can't work Are you with me? So it says that we are all one body and we have one spirit, but we've been given different gifts So I don't believe that one person and I feel like it's been done that way That's why this morning as you saw I'm playing guitar and yes I'm the pastor of this church, but we had two other people laying hands on other on people praying for healing because It doesn't work when God doesn't just give everything to one person. And the reason that He does it that way is so there will never come a time where I look at you and say, I don't need you. And there will never come a time where you look at me and say, I don't need you either. We need each other. Are you with me? And that's why without love, none of this works. Are you with me? We're called to love one another. And I'm telling you guys, Christians... I hate that there's been Christians that have been hurt by the church. I hate that there's been Christians that have had a bad experience and they've isolated themselves. But I'm going to tell you reality. You cannot do this apart from the body of Christ. You we need each other. So we need you, but then uh, I'm sorry, you need us, but I'll also say this. We need you as well. You know why? Because we've been given different gifts and God plays something inside of you that He's not going to give anybody else. He doesn't copy and paste it. So what does that mean? Let me just give it to you like this. We're a body of Christ. This is wonderful that we're together and we're having service, but God has more for us than just Sunday morning service as a church. It's actually a church. The high, there, a church is called to a region. A church is God's answer to a city. God's answer to a territory. God's answer to depression, to darkness, to people that are lost, to sickness, disease, whatever that is, the kingdom of darkness, the church is God's answer. So we actually have a mission in this community. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know, can I live without my arms? I, well, yeah, I could technically live without my arms. But if God's telling me, right, we are the church, the body of Christ, if God's telling me the body, us the body, I want you to go over there and open that door and I don't got any arms, right? Because my arms, they got—they don't want to come anymore and that's, they're the arm, they're the gift. That's the thing that God's placed on them and I don't really want to be a part of it. The body walks over here and we're trying to do what the Lord told us to do, but I ain't got any arms, you know, so I'm sitting here, I'm rubbing against the door, I, try, I, I can't use my head, I guess I got to get on my back and twist the doorknob with my feet. I could eventually probably get that door open, but it's going to be a lot harder and take a whole lot more time. We need you. You need us. Amen. Y'all with me? Hallelujah. So do we all have these things? Of course not. So look at this. You should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. So we're talking about the gifts. Paul's talking about the gifts. You should desire the Holy Ghost. You should desire the gifts of the Spirit. But look at this. Let me show you a way of life that is best. Can you say best? best. Of all. And then you turn the page to 1 Corinthians 13. What's the first word? Love. Love is. Mm-hmm. So what, let's put that together. What does Paul say? The gifts are great. The gifts are wonderful, they're amazing, but I'm going to actually push you to desire something that's even greater than the gifts, and that thing is love. Can you say love? Love. I love, I was studying this and I read another translation and it actually used the word superior. Say superior. superior. So he says, let me show you a way that's superior to all of this, right? Because there's some, I'm, I'm trying to be a pastor. I'm trying to be a prophet. I'm trying to flow in this gift over here. I got this gift. We get so wrapped up in this. And Paul says, yeah, that's great and wonderful. But all of you, your highest focus and goal should be love. Loving God and loving others as you love yourself. So write this down. If you want to take notes, love is superior over the gifts. I'm not diminishing the gifts at all. I'm not diminishing the Holy Spirit. But He said, I'll show you a way that is superior or best of all. He repeats it in 1 Corinthians 13. Flip over. 1 Corinthians 13. 13, Read this. He says, three things will last forever. Guys, this is amazing. Faith, hope, and love. Can you say faith? Faith. Say hope. Hope. Love. Love. And He says... And the greatest of these is love. The greatest of what? Of the what are these? Faith and hope and love. So what is he saying? Love is actually greater than faith is. Oh yeah. Are you with me? Do you mean to tell me that love is greater than faith? Yeah. Love is greater than like mountain moving faith. Like speaking to mountain slaying Goliaths, doing all of that. Love. There's three things. Faith, hope, and love. And love is greater than all of these things. The greatest of these three things is love. So love should be our highest focus. Are you all with me? Do you understand why these youngsters are coming to John? And they want the messages on moving mountains. They want the messages on the anointing and the Holy Ghost and all that stuff. And they're coming to this old man at the end of his life who actually walked with Jesus and probably had more knowledge than any of them combined. He heard the sermons. He saw it firsthand. And they said, what's your message? You heard the message? It's the same thing from the beginning. We should love one another. Wait, what? It's the highest priority of God. Are you guys with me? Hallelujah. Guys, I'm just laying a foundation. This is going to be a good series. Amen. If you want to take notes, write this down. As a Christian, my highest priority is loving God and loving people as myself. If you will make that the focus of your life every day, what does God want me to do Why don't you just every day intentionally pursue your day? I'm going to love God and I'm actually going to love other people like I love myself. Are y'all with me? Christians really just don't do that anymore. I mean, honestly, even whenever... Guys, I want to tell you, I love the services. I love the church. I love the organization, the operation of all of this. But I've seen people, and even me, I mean, nobody's above it. You have to constantly check yourself that you don't start you know, putting the tasks above the main thing, which is actually just loving people. Yeah, You can get so busy doing tasks that you're like, oh man, this person needs me right now, but I don't actually have time for you because I'm busy over here doing all these other tasks. And we think that these tasks are really what God wants us to do, but even greater than all the tasks that He's assigned you to do, He said love is your highest priority. Love is at the top of the totem pole. Can you say Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at point number two. Point number two this morning, and I'm probably only going to get through two points. Love is the New Testament command. Love is, I told you this is a teaching this morning, love is the New Testament command. Let me show you this. So if you have your Bibles, you can flip over to John 13, 34 through 35. This will really help you guys, because I'm going I'm to actually going to tell you, there's a lot of Christians that are still living under the law and they don't even know it. There's a lot of Christians that they're still, I mean, really, it's like they're trying to take. And they're not doing it from bad heart, but you know, they're trying to take bits and pieces from this covenant and bits and pieces from this covenant and make our own kind of thing. And it it really doesn't work that way. The New Test love is the New Testament command. I'll explain what I mean by that. John 13, 34 through 35. Jesus said, So now I'm giving you a new command. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Man. We're going to dive into this over the next two weeks, but think about these two things so far. Jesus not only told us that we should love each other, He said how we should love each other. Number one, love your neighbor as you love yourself. I want to tell you that that absolutely wrecked me. Because I looked at my life and I thought, man, John, you got a lot of selfishness in your life. We're going to dive into this more thoroughly. But what does it really mean to love like you love yourself? You know, I've been out and about. I've had a busy day. I mean, we're in August. It's hotter than hell outside right now. And I mean the place, the location. I'm not saying the cuss word. I'm talking like the lake of fire. Amen. Are y'all with me? Not cussing. Hell's actually a place. It has the temperature, I'm sure, that could be measured. So it's hot. I mean, you've been out working. You've been out doing this stuff. And it's like when I come home... Right? I'm hungry. Y'all ever been hungry? You're like, I want to eat and I don't want to do it. I want to sit down in this chair and I want to drink me a glass of water and I'm, I'm going to cool off and I'm going to get me something to eat. In that moment, my needs are pretty important to me. Can you say amen, right? Amen. Making sure that I'm taken care of and I get the thing that I need, it's pretty important to me in that moment. To love another person as you love yourself is to literally place other people's needs as equal as you place your own. Yeah. Am I going to make sure that I'm fed? Absolutely. And then it, it takes the role of we look around at our other Christian brothers and sisters and we're going to make sure that they're getting fed just like I'm going to make sure that I'm fed. We're going to make sure that they're taken care of just like I make sure that my house is taken care of. Are you with me? Yeah. That's what it means to love other people like you love yourself. Man, it's challenging. So number one, we have to love people like we love ourselves. Number two, we have to love people. Look what he said here. It says, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. So not only are we called to love, we're called to love people. Not in John's way, right? Not in Carissa's, this is just my way of showing love. You know, I've done that. Not in Tristan's way of showing love. Not in Bucky's way. We are to show people love the way that Jesus loves people. When you read about how Jesus loved people, that's crazy. It's absolutely insane. While we were still sinners, He died for us. Think about the love of God that Jesus in a generation that rejected Him And a generation that screamed crucify. He could have given the word and had a, 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 a legion of angels come down from heaven and rescue Him off of that cross. But yet, He literally sat there and let them crucify them. Let them mock Him. Slap Him. They put a bag over His head and said, prophesy, who's hitting you? Slapped Him in the face. Spit on Him. Plucked His beard out of His face shoved a crown of thorns on His head, gave Him 39 lashes, tore his, his body unrecognizable, made Him carry this cross that they were about to nail Him to up a hill to the point where He couldn't even carry it by Himself. Nailed Him to a cross to sit there and hang for you and me, not even when we were friends of God, while we were still sinners and actually enemies of God. Yeah. We can't even comprehend that type of selflessness, that type of love, Placing people's needs even above your own needs. This isn't a a sub-message of Christianity. So love is the New Testament command. He says, Love other people just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Look at this. Your love for one another will prove that you are my disciples. What's the true mark of a Christian? Is it talking in tongues? Is it rolling around on the ground? Is it t- that's, he said that, that okay, the Holy Ghost may make people do some crazy things. The true mark of a Christian is the way that we love one another. Yeah. And in fact, the Bible says in the New Testament that the world will know Christ and know that you belong to Him when they see you loving each other. By the way that you love one another, Paul said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So why am I preaching this? Because I've seen church. Right, we get spiritual. We do the healing thing. We do the power thing. We do the gifts thing. We do all this other stuff that's great. But yet we don't actually love each other. Yeah. This is the most important thing. This is the. This is love. Is the New Testament command. So look at this. Let me read you 1 John. Let's look back at 1 John 3, 21-24. I'm going to break this down and I'm going to close today with this final thing. 1 John 3, 21-24. We read it to open it up. It says in verse 21, Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. And we will receive from Him whatever we ask because we obey Him and do the things that please Him. And this is... His commandment. This is His commandment. That we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and that we love one another just as He commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments. Guys, I'm telling you, because it's like people skip past that and they'll, re- they'll read, those who obey God's commandments and they'll start going back to the Old covenant. They'll start going back to the Old Testament. They'll start going backwards and thinking all these other things that God told us to do and they get mixed up. John even broke it down and said, this is the New Testament commandment. This is His commandment that you believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and that you love one another. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with Him and He is with them and we know that He lives in us because the Spirit He gave us lives in us us. Did you know that the New Testament believer is not underneath the 617 laws that Moses gave the children of Israel? I'm not telling you that they don't matter. No, we're going to get to that point next week. As we said, Jesus actually taught when you do these two things, you'll fulfill all of that. And I'll show you, I'll prove it to you. So here's my point. Instead of getting so lost and what am I to do? What am I not to do? He made it so simple. Love God with your heart, your soul, your mind, everything that's within you. Love God and love other people. Even as you love yourself. Even as Christ loves them. Are you all with me? Look at 1 Corinthians 9.21. I'm going to wrap it up here. He says, When I'm with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, it's really crazy because, again, I'll say, it, you see a lot of denominations. You see a lot of Christians that are still like holding on to this Jewish law, this old covenant way of doing things. Paul said, when I was with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I, too, lived apart from that law so that I could bring them to Christ. So what does that mean? Does Paul say, well, you know, I went to the Gentiles and I just lived like a maniac. I was out doing whatever I wanted to do. No, read the next line. He said this, but I did not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. Can you say the law, of Christ? the law of Christ? What does God expect from you? What law are you under right now? You're underneath the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Believe unto the name of Jesus Christ and love others as you love yourself. Yeah. Isn't that easy? Isn't that so freeing to think? Like, what does God want me to do? He wants me to believe in what Jesus Christ did for me, and to live my life on this earth loving other people. Praise God. Hallelujah. A couple of points here. Love is not a suggestion; it's a command. This command I give unto you, Jesus says. You say command. This command, love is not a suggestion. It's a command. I'll even go so far as to say this. Love is not a personality trait. It's a command for every New Testament believer. You ever met people like that? Well, there's Sally, right? Sally wakes up at 6 a.m. loving Jesus. I don't know about Sally. That just ain't me. You ever met somebody like that? Sally wakes up at 6 a.m. and she's just nice and kind and, you know like that's just not me. I want to tell you about me. Tell you what, you know, who I am. If you cross me, this is you know, people take that. I'm telling you, it's not a suggestion. Love is not a suggestion, it's a command. Love is not even a personality trait, it is something every New Testament believer is to conform to. Can you say Amen? amen. Hallelujah. Let's end with that today, and I'm going to get into, there's so much, we're going to cover this the next several weeks, we're going to get into point number three next week, which is, when you walk in love, when you walk in divine love, you fulfill all the law, it's going to be powerful, great teaching from the Lord. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Father, just lift your hands to heaven, if you will, go ahead and stand to your feet. If you'd like to do that, you don't have to, you can sit down still. Just lift your hands up and, and put your heart to the Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you for everybody that's in this room. Lord, I thank you that as we go out from this room, we're going to make the complicated very simple in our lives. We are going to live a life where we love you and where we love other people. Lord, where we, we just do things for other people. We're selfless towards other people. Lord, and, and we're going to get to this, but your word says that that is a love that comes from the Holy Spirit. So I ask for that right now. It's not just a feeling, it's not just something that we try to do in our own strength, it's actually something that comes when the Holy Ghost fills us and He produces that love for other people inside of us. So Lord, I thank You even as I pray right now, that that love, that compassion, that grace, that mercy for other people would begin to fill every single person that has found themselves in this church this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all praise, honor, and glory. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, hallelujah, guys. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Well, hey, I I know that you guys... Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital nbchtx 20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.